Hello and welcome to episode 5 of GameSpot After Dark. My name is Jake, I'm your host, and I'm here with Lucy James. Hello. Jean-Luc. Hi. Kelly Plaguey. Hi. And Tamor. Konbanwa, minasan. That's an introduction. An intro. All right. I guess it's okay. I might cut it out. I might mute your mic at some point, but we'll see how this goes. Why? No, it's Jake fan. Jake fan. (laughs) (laughs) Anime fan, Jake. Cutting out anime business. Uh, Before we talk about what we've been playing, uh, I have the outline misorganized here. Poorly organized. I don't know. Uh, Tamor. Mm Mm-hmm. Chris from Dayton, Ohio has a question for you. All right. What he wants to know game? what kind of games you play. What are your favorite genres? What's a game that you will always buy no matter what when it comes out? Uh, Wait, really quickly. Are you not going to say this is this is the official, the first Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment? Well, I mean, I could say that. Should I actually say Yeah, I think it's cute. I think you should make yeah. it okay. a segment. The Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Tamor, uh, take it away. Can we get a jingle? Yeah, sure. we should. We we need some jingles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We've only got that one. If you, yeah. if you do the introduction again, I'll create a jingle right now. Okay. And now the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Chris. <laughs> uh, you came up with that on your own. Yeah. Good work. Oh my. All right. Uh, I uh, I play pretty much everything except sports games. I used to play everything, including sports games, and I was like. I don't really need to know about sports games because I'll buy stuff just to see like, oh, what's the latest FIFA like? Just in case I need to write about it. I reach a point where I'm like, oh, they're all the same. I don't really care anymore. Also, we have Um, Oscar to write about FIFA. Yeah, we've got people who can write about sports games that aren't me. Uh, The game that I'll buy always is basically anything from software does. Um, I've reviewed Sekiro this year. I love Bloodborne. I play Bloodborne every week. Um, I play Sekiro every week as well. Um, Overwatch I play quite a bit. Yeah, you um, do. With Lucy uh, and various other people. There are dozens of no. us. <laughs> We're a growing force. How about that Overwatch on Switch, though? Oh, yeah. I can't wait to use Cannot. motion controls. <laughs> hey, that's probably the better alternative than using the joystick. But yeah. if you if you play on if you play with a pro controller, then you're going to be mopping up, I bet. Hell yeah. yeah that's it works great it. in Splatoon. Okay. Fair the motion point. controls are great. If anything, like hopefully Blizzard were paying attention to that and were like, we should steal all that stuff yeah. and use it. Mm. It's the but best yeah. way to play Splatoon too. It's just mm-hmm. my, my piece. Mm. But yeah, I'll play pretty much anything. Uh, Metal Gear Solid fan, um, Persona fan, any RPG. I'll probably play Mass Effect 2. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, if it's a video game, I will play it and probably enjoy it have thoughts on it have thoughts on it yeah maybe not enjoy it i'll definitely have thoughts on it yeah Hmm. yeah that's me in a nutshell Hmm. well anyway time to talk about what we've been playing uh lucy do you want to start us off uh i feel like i should just stop at this point by saying overwatch because i feel like i say that every week because i'm always playing overwatch uh but control i'm so i am still playing fire emblem and i kind of promised myself i want to finish fire emblem before i play control and then all anyone was talking about was how great control is, and so I bought it. And, and you couldn't yeah. control yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One's a 10-hour game. The other's a 60-hour yeah. game. So, uh, 60 hour. It's way more uh, than that. It yeah. took me 65, I think. But no, I've been playing control and absolutely loving it. Uh, thank you, America, for the Labor Day weekend. I plowed <laughs> yeah. through a bunch of control, um, and I'm feeling fortunate to be playing it on a PS4 Pro because even though it does struggle specifically in the communications department, yep. uh, which is also where all the timed missions are, 
it really, really struggles. But other than that, performance has been pretty good. And I've, I've been enjoying the crap out of it. I'm nervous because my, my uh, roommate's not here. And so I can play it on his PS4 Pro. But I don't. Ha- I just have a regular PS4 and I'm like... Uh, I have to finish this before he gets back from vacation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Better get to it. At I least know. it's short, though. Yeah. Shortish. I that, mean, the... you can spend more time in it if you want. Like, I've been. Side missions. I, I'm still stuff, doing yeah. side missions because some of those are so cool. God, the intro. I mean, we did a spoiler. Or I wasn't on it, obviously. I haven't gotten that far in the game. Uh, but GameSpot has a spoiler cast. Mm-hmm. It's already up on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and the other ones. <laughs> Adult friends. Just the. But the. <laughs> God, <laughs> the uh, that's cut out. <laughs> no, it's staying in. The uh, the intro when you like get off the elevator and it says like control. Oh, God, yeah. that's so yeah. cool. It's so stylish and yeah. it gives me major lost vibes. It's uh, to me, it's David Fincher, like the oh like yeah, very, very, yeah. Very, the yeah. massive blocky text. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I played that and then watched Mindhunter. I think mm-hmm. it is, and I was like, oh, man, it's the same thing here. Yeah. splash of like a new area that sounds like a good evening i'm gonna yeah. do that it is it is a great evening i yeah. recommend it highly <laughs> i i really am enjoying control as well i've been playing a bunch of it um and overwhelmingly i'm having a positive experience but i do kind of want to raise a couple of things that not a lot of other people are talking about just to kind of balance it out not balance it out but like be the debbie downer of sorts there's a few boss battles which are absolute trash Oh, you texted. Uh, one you of them is. About it, yeah, you? I texted you and I was like asking about. Because uh, my my roommate had, well, there was a lot of swearing I could hear through the wall. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Uh, he was playing in the living room and I was in my bedroom and I just heard just Greg just going mad. Mm. And I came out and he was like, "Don't look at the screen because it's spoilers or whatever." But like, there's this boss battle, something to do with holes in the floor. Mm-hmm. There's a boss battle which the that involves you it's a very like the scale of the boss battle is really big so and it's really really exciting when it happens like the camera swoops in real low so that it can frame the boss who's like towering above you properly you need to move around and like shoot these obstacles that are coming at you and as you're playing the boss is like deforming the world around you with certain attacks meaning that it's creating holes in the floor but because you're focused on this towering thing above you, you're not paying attention to the floor around you, which means you're constantly... I was I fell to my death about eight times. It, me, it just meant like from, in a, from a design perspective, it meant that I had to look away from the interesting thing at the floor and move around in a mm-hmm. way that just doesn't feel like that's how it should be played. And I, I have a question for you, though. Do you have Levitate? I do have Levitate and I used oh, really? Levitate. Because that, that's how I was able to That's how I, I eventually did it. But the problem was there were times when I'd levitate, land, and land in a place <laughs> where it was down straight holes. through a hole. See, and then you can't levitate back up. So it's just like, oh, I've just positioned this really poorly. The, the first time I fought that boss, that happened to me and I was like, great, this is going to be a thing. I'm going to be falling through holes. I'm not going to be able to see it. And then I never had that issue again. So maybe I just got mm. lucky. I, I guess my, good. yeah, you maybe you're just yeah. better at it. But don't like, you, don't my, you like from software games? Come I on. do, but like I was doing the thing where I was being very active, like dashing uh. around and kind of like performative gameplay, like you know, <laughs> as if I'm capturing and it's going to be put on the internet. I was trying to be like flourishes and stylish. I was like landing on pillars and leaping off and dashing, and every now and then I'd just be like, oh no, nope, that's a hole straight through that. Actually, that um, kind of speaks to my experience with the first boss battle. Uh, I was trying to run around and sprint. It was a guy who's floating up above you, I think in the mail room. Mm. And like, 
I was trying to run around and dodge all his attacks. And I think I'd just got the um, launch ability. I was trying to do all that. And I died to him over and over again. And then I was like, oh, what if I just crouched behind this indestructible wall, which is helpfully in the middle of the room in between me and him. And then I did it that time. There's, like, I feel like that's like the idiot. only time in that game where cover is yeah. where you want to be using cover, which yeah, is it's, interesting. It's really weird because like in, in the standard skirmishes with with the low-level enemies, the only thing that really keeps you on your toes is those rocket launcher nerds. I hate them so much. <laughs> oh, they're like, yeah, they, they just come out of nowhere. And like the they kind of like, if you're... The sound design is really overwhelming at times, which I really like, mm. but you can't hear the rocket coming at you until it hits you almost. Mm. So like, have, have you grabbed any of those out of the air though? Yeah, oh, that's, 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 that's real, real that's cool. Really cool. Um, but like in those skirmishes, you're encouraged to be like active and move around and use your abilities. But I feel like the moment there's like a high level or a boss style enemy, the game just kind of forces you into turtling. And that happens a lot, I feel like. But I'm still kind of enjoying it. Um, the The... I forgot what the sniper style weapon is called. Not charge. The piercer. Pierce. I think that's pierce, one yeah. of the best video guns, game guns of all time. Ooh. Like I keep using Ooh. it. It's it just, feels great. It feels so, and especially when you land like a headshot on one of the enemies and you, and it just obliterates them. And they just like, as soon as you land, you get the feedback and then they just explode into a mist and you're like, that felt good. It, yeah, it reminds me of the torque bow. From yeah, Gears of yeah, War. yeah, yeah. The other thing that I kind of, perhaps I'm being a bit like, uh, I'm jumping the gun a bit, but like the core storyline hasn't grabbed me. The world is amazing. The characters within it are amazing. I love Artie, the janitor. Um, I love reading the stuff about like the 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 weird stuff that they're, they're kind of um, discovering and the whole oldest house thing. But the actual story feels like it's not grabbed me yet. She's, I feel like it's really weird because like Jesse as a character is like both over everything that's happening and also kind of, new to it it feels like she should be reacting more but she just seems to be like oh you know yeah this is a weird house but also there's wild shit happening and and did you finish it lucy no but i just feel like okay i feel feel like there's a revelation i feel like there's something yeah Yeah, i well we have the spoiler chat up but yeah yeah, i won't ask you where you guys are because i don't spoil anything because i know jean luc and callie you guys are pretty early and i haven't started yet oh what have you been playing jean luc I've actually been playing Alan Wake. That's why I haven't started. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, not what I was saying. What have you been playing, John? Oh, what I've actually been playing. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what are you here to talk about? Uh, no, I've been I've been playing Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you. Uh, which is <laughs> the it, it's an expansion for Monster Hunter World. It is really long. I think mm-hmm. I've put fifty hours into it damn it's it's a lot it's um it's a lot of hours it's a lot of hours it's a it, lot of monsters it's also you have to be pretty far in the base game right you to, before you, you can jump into that the original game okay. oh yeah do it. it's a from what i've heard about it and we do have a review in progress up we're just waiting to to test the the stuff when it's like out out which... what is it a nine right for the review in progress yes yes um it sounds like it's definitely like a veterans expansion mm-hmm. like oh that's cool very much for veterans yeah yeah so I've admittedly this is world is actually like the first monster hunter that I've really gotten into. So I don't have maybe that comparison to older monster hunters, but they've added a uh, master rank, which is supposed to be the equivalent to G rank, which is uh, like, I guess like kind of like the big veteran end game version of uh, like, you know, content for monster hunter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've like, they apparently from what Ben's been telling me, cause Ben's sort of has played other monster hunters. Ben Jenka. Oh, and right. He... This was your first Monster Hunter. Exactly. 
and he was like, yeah, that's like the flagship monster from Monster Hunter 4, and like that's the one from 3, and he sucks. Like, they, it, <laughs> they seem to be adding just a lot of like the really big, like very intimidating, scary monsters from the previous Monster Hunters and are starting to kind of fold that back in because that's sort of the big complaint I've heard from maybe like the big Monster Hunter fans is mm. that it was just like not enough content because I think all the previous Monster Hunters, it's still been running on that same like framework. So they just mm -hmm. keep adding mm -hmm. monsters. And I think that Monster Hunter on the Switch uh, had like over 100 monsters or something like ridiculous. That like one that. never came to the US, right? No, it did. Um, oh, it did? On the Switch? Yes. It's like Monster Hunter. Yeah, it got a different name, didn't it? Ult ultimate generations oh cross. Yeah, yeah it has yeah, a lot okay. of dx yeah. something but yeah i have a couple like hardcore monster hunter fans and they liked world but they're like yeah this isn't this isn't enough there's not enough here well yeah other stuff they had to like redo that whole thing in like a new engine like that's a lot of work right yeah. Yeah. meanwhile i was like yeah this is plenty i'm good <laughs> yeah i mean like i still put like 150 hours in that game so for me i was like this is great uh so they're just like adding even more back in and uh, but on top of that, they've also added a lot of like really cool changes. Uh, there's this thing called the Clutch Claw. That's the coolest sounding thing. Yeah. It's it's what is pretty it? clutch. It's a <laughs> grappling hook. Oh, so it's a grappling hook that you can use to you you can grapple onto the monster, and then you have several options. You can either do an attack on it. Mm -hmm. uh, you can like move around to different parts of its body and do an attack, and you will like soften that part of the body up so that then other people can go in and like hit it more and do more so, damage to it. <laughs> Lucy's face though. <laughs> soften it, soften up. it up. That, that is the game's description, not yeah. mine. Just trying to get this monster real soft so I can... <laughs> <laughs> or you can, uh, you can like go up to its face and you can like use this uh, flint shot which will like you, you have this thing called like a slinger, uh, which is, you put like different ammo on and like shoot at the monster and you can like fire all your ammo into its face. This sounds really mean and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm describing it. like the basic premise of Monster Hunter is also kind of, it's kind of messed up. Yeah. <laughs> They're just living their lives, man. But you can like, you'll like, it'll just send it like flying backwards. And if you like aim it right, you can like have it hit a wall, which will like knock it down and oh, then you can see. do more damage. So it just adds all these like new tools you can use mm -hmm. like when you're fighting now and it, it makes... It makes like the fights feel more fresh, and then they've also given every weapon like new combos as well. So like every weapon has new things to learn, and then all the, the monsters are like really great. The clutch claw, like any type of hunter can wield that, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's any, just like it's added to your art, like your yeah. That is like a, a in big addition thing to that your weapon. Everyone can use. Um, my thing actually, I, I use the dual blades. The new combos actually work with the clutch claw, so I can like combo into the clutch claw, and mm. then like get on top of it and then keep like comboing on it and it it's so good because you're just like spinning on that monster and i don't know second spinning spinning, spinning. Oh. there's like a dual blade attack where you just like i, 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 I remember that seen, one right? uh, you have like, you guys seen like uh, you attack like on titan the back of them you know you know uh levi yeah, from attack it's, on it's titan the spinning levi where he attack. does like the, the spinning attack on like <laughs> yeah. a titan you can do that in you basically Monster you look like a beyblade on its side yeah mm. she literally so Ginny, our friend Ginny Wu, who wrote the monster hunter review she was also on uh GameSpot's pax panel at pax which mm -hmm. i think we'll talk about later uh wrote she wrote that it was like a beyblade yeah and yeah, cool. um exactly, yeah. let it rip that's what they say right <laughs> it's time to duel <laughs> wait no that's a different one yeah, um, 
I'm just thinking about that TikTok song, the get money, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Welcome to the uh, TikTok segment of yeah. the uh, Games for After Dark podcast. Uh, we know what Callie's been watching and playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but something that Jenny said about Monster Hunter, uh, about Iceborne 2, was that the environments add a lot of variety too. So in, yes. on top of having the clutch claw and the new combos, you also have like ice affecting how you approach something or like yeah they add like a whole new biome uh where it's like all winter so like you move a little bit slower in the snow and you can like leave tracks which is like a nice little visual touch but then you have to you have to drink your hot drink uh otherwise they'll like freeze and your stamina will reduce Mm -hmm. over time there's uh there's like cool mechanics with that where like you can get like frostbit but then there are like little uh hot springs around and if you like dive into the hot springs you can like reduce that so they've just added all these like different yeah, like environmental mechanics that like really affect the way you're fighting the monsters in this new environment. It's very good. Mm. Um, yeah. It's it's one of those things where because it's meant for definitely like veterans. I don't if you didn't like Monster Hunter World, this isn't really going to change your mind. But mm-hmm. it's like if you played that game and really enjoyed it and were like looking for more, like I mean, this is like a must have. And I think if you haven't tried it yet. I think you can get like the master. You can get like a, a boxed set that comes with the uh, base game and this, and I think it's like fifty dollars, which is like good. really really good deal. So it's like if you have been like, I should try this Monster Hunter thing, like this is the perfect time to get in and play some Monster Hunter. I got stuck on the character creator. It's a very I didn't good get past creator. the character creator because it was so in depth Did and I got palico? Oh, they have all these cute animations now they've added. Oh. You can pet your palico now. Yay. You can pet like they added uh these like little hot springs you can hang out in before you go on a hunt, and then you can just like sit down and then your palico comes up and you can be like, I'm gonna pet him, or I'm gonna pull up this little like feather and then like tickle him. <laughs> and Why would you even hunt monsters at that point? I know. Oh my god, they the one of Palico the like, simulator <laughs> things that Monster Hunter does so well is they they put so much detail into their animations, um, even just like outside the hunt. So like there's this in the original game there um, when you would go to the canteen, there'd be this um, the oh, chef, the this, massively over the top cooking animation. Yeah, I love the massively over the top cooking animation. So the original chef was it's this cat with like a like one eye Excuse missing. Me, Palico. Yeah. Palico. And oh, he's yeah. uh, he's called uh, Meowster Chef, Meowster chef yeah. <laughs> and he's really good. And he he would just be like, you know, he would just like stand there, like arms crossed, as his like helpers are like preparing the food, and then he would like delicately like put a little like garnish on like the meat and stuff. So in this one, his master, the one who taught him everything, is uh, I forget her name, but it's basically like this old like babushka like grandma <laughs> Palico, <laughs> just. And she's got these like little tiny speckles on and she is like lovingly like like drizzling, uh, you know, like cheese, like a cheese fondue and and like <sighs> making like the perfect stew for you. And it's like you just watch it and like you don't want to skip it because it's so cute and, and lovely. Excellent. Callie, how about you? What have you been up to? Um, I haven't had time to play really anything because I was at Disneyland over the weekend. So I started control. That was the main thing that I did. Still, still working on Fire Emblem. Gonna do all those endings. <laughs> Is this your second playthrough? At the, at the end of my second playthrough, so I slowed down significantly. And then there's just been so much work to do. I was here pretty late last night, yeah. so I didn't play anything. But you did go to Disneyland. I did go to Disneyland, and I did see Galaxy's Edge, and people might care about that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I had blue milk. 
and it was delicious. It was like what a jet. What does it taste though? Yeah, what does it taste like? It was like a Japanese rice milk drink and it had kind of like a floral taste. Kind of like if you ever had like a Calpico or like a, it was like rock. So, so it's non-dairy? It's non-dairy. It's like rice Ooh. milk. I can um, have it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it was like a Calpico texture, mm-hmm. but like kind of like slushy, but more of like a ramune kind of flavor. I don't know. It was very, it was very like Japanese mm. style drink. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chastity built a lightsaber. I saw it. Yeah. That very process cool. was so cool. They let us watch. You can normally only bring a couple people in to watch, but we were like this like huge group of girls there for a birthday. So they were like, <laughs> they were like, you guys can come in. So we uh, watched her and it was like this whole thing where you select the and Yoda talks to you and you, you put the, the pieces together and then it becomes a lightsaber and then you have to put it in a sleeve for the rest of your trip because you could hurt someone. It's dangerous, man. Oh, yeah, because Disney have so many rules about, like, you're not allowed to... That's why Disney bounding the thing, right? Because if you are over the age of, I think, 14, you're not allowed to go to the parks dressed as a character. Yes, yes. And they have a lot of rules about Scare what you can kids. and can't. Well, also, well, I guess, like, because they have the official ones. and It's because someone could, like, go dressed up as a character and then, like, trick children. Yeah. Um, Yikes. Yeah, there's, like, stormtroopers walking around. Um, we had... One of our friends who was there knows someone who plays a character in Galaxy's Edge. And so, like, oh. we got to, like, see her. And then she was completely in character the whole time and, like, got the stormtroopers to come around. And they're, like, they have their little <sighs> voice lines. I imagine they have, like, a like a thing they rotate through because they they do like the move along or whatever oh yeah like a Um, video game npc yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's really it's really cool kylo ren was there the one one of the people we were with had a big crush on kylo ren so we made a big fuss about him and then how do you take that he didn't pay attention but the costume character we were with was part of the resistance and she was like get better taste (laughs) 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 um the ride I couldn't do. It was super motion sickness. It's like uh, a it's like a screen. You're, mm. It's cool. It's a cool thing. It's called Smuggler's Run. You go in, and um, there's six of you. Two are pilots. Two are gunners, and two are engineers. And you're given like different things to do. So is it like Star Tours, but interactive? Y- yeah, it's it's Star like, Tours. I forgot about that. They actually updated hey, Star Tours. They did. Yeah, they updated Star Tours it. Is great. So we went when we went at, uh, after E3. We always do Star Tours. Yeah. yeah. I, Star Tours. It's I can't, so good. I can't do Star Tours either. I, I sat at the first time I have motion sickness too. The first time I did it, I sat in the back row, right in the middle, and it was perfect. I felt Ooh. fine. The last time we did it, I sat in the front row to the right, and I felt like oh. I was going to be turned inside out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh my lord, I cannot!" I had to close my eyes at one point because I was feeling so sick. I closed my eyes throughout all the smugglers run. I couldn't do it, and then there was like a group of like three of us, the Vertigo crew, afterwards, and we <laughs> sat down. Um, yeah, and then uh, I hadn't been to Disneyland in like five years. Um, I also went on the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, which is formerly Tower of Terror, yeah. and I hadn't been on yeah. it since it was converted. It's actually super good. I'm really sad because I want. To go on that one, but I have a whiplash injury. Right. And so last year... <laughs> last year, you couldn't go on it because of that. Yeah, last year, you couldn't go on it because of that. But I went th- through the all line. of the, the line just because it's all the cool stuff. And then it got to the front and it was like, okay, where's where's the coward's door? And then this year, <laughs> I have the I had the whiplash yeah. injury because I got hit by a car. So oh, I yeah. did the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I got all the way to the top. And when they were like, get in the seat, I was like, peace, no. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So... 
we went on it twice. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's like it's the same ride as Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like an elevator. You go up and there's drops and stuff happens. Um, but it's Guardians of the Galaxy themed and it's like set to pop songs. Um, so the first one we did was like crazy intense. There's five different intensities on Guardians of the Galaxy. And we Ooh. got like one of the top two. Because there's two different towers. No, right? it's not even that. It's just like there's a setting. Oh, so, I watched this like behind the scenes video about how tower of terror slash guardians like uh-huh. works and there are is two it, sides mm. there are two sides to it oh, i need to i'm not i'll like, dig out the yeah, video it's I, something it's there's like connected towers yeah yeah it, very there's multiple yeah but we so it's definitely a setting because we went in the exact same door both times yeah which was super weird like it was not it was an accident but we only saw one part of the line the entire time we were there um but it's like set to music and you the first time was super intense. And then the second time we're like waiting in line behind this like actual baby, like a three year old. Oh, my God. And we were like, that three year old is not getting on this ride. He cannot be tall enough. And he was tall enough, barely. And they let him on. And we had like this easy like little baby ride set to hit me with your best shot. And we were like, oh, that wasn't scary at all. We just there was a baby in line this time. And so they turned it down. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they could actually do that. I'm assuming because like. We were all like, this kid's either going to cry or pee his pants. Like, because we were so scared after the one we went on. It was really a lot. Um, but it's it's super good. And I kind of was like, oh, I, I was bummed that they redid Tower of Terror. And now I don't feel that bad. Um, the one thing that I think is dumb, though, is they have Galaxy's Edge. Star Tours is not in Galaxy's Edge. It's in Tomorrowland. Is that stuff all the same still? Like Star like- Tours is different. It's been updated. Okay. Um, but it's like essentially the same thing. And then there's what was formerly Space Mountain and is now Hyperspace Mountain, which is always also Star Wars themed now. It's Star Wars themed now. So it used to just be. I don't think so. I think maybe they've just changed it. I think they just changed it. So it used to be just like a normal space ride and and there would be like a countdown. You'd go up. And uh, I lived through the period of time where it was Red Hot Chili Peppers themed and I went on it. It was Red Hot Chili Peppers themed for a to hot... Can't stop. A yeah, hot, it gotta be, right? Oh. I'm pretty sure it was can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I... Yeah. It was in the mid-2000s. I'm not... I don't remember the... I swear this happened. I swear. I used to go all the time. I had an annual pass. I lived down there. And I, I remember going and being like, what the hell? Um, so then it went back to regular space and now it's Star Wars. And I'm like, you guys already have a Star Wars area. Couldn't you just keep Space Mountain, Space Mountain? Don't go back to Red Hot Chili Peppers. That was weird. But like, <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I had, I had a really good time. Did you go on the Matterhorn? Oh. I, so I haven't been on the Matterhorn. In <laughs> that is, like, as in you oh like my, it or hate no. it. No, it's a great ride, but well, also, I mean, Lucy, she was like, no, oh, and oh, like, no. speaking of my whiplash injury, yeah. I didn't <laughs> realize the Matterhorn was so it it feels old. It's an old it's an ride. old ride, and it doesn't care if you it get thrown around. So and you know, back in the day, it was I mean, it was the only exciting ride at Disneyland mm-hmm. before they put in some of the other ones. And uh, with up until like pretty recently, like even when I was a teenager, it was like this. Uh, you had to couple up with somebody in the toboggan, and so you were straddling someone, or someone was straddling you. Uh, and they finally added it a couple years ago, separate seats in the toboggan. So that was like the big update to Matterhorn. Yeah. Right. Because um, we when we went there, it seemed like it just reopened or something like that. And um, 
Yeah, it, we went after the fireworks. I mean, we went late, and it it, it was good at night. Throws yeah, it you around yeah. like I, my back was hurting after. Could I was you like, oh. could you guys do uh, Indiana Jones because that one's super jostly. Yeah, so. I probably I love Indiana that's Jones. My I love one. that one. That's my I favorite. I can't remember one. which one that is. The, the snake. G- with the, the one with Indiana Jones. <laughs> I mean, like it's not like Harrison Ford Did. shows up at any point. He does. Well, he does <laughs> definitely. Does he? Well, I'm a, a wax I clearly work. haven't it's not, done you know, it. Then I've never been to Disneyland. You have. You've never been to Disneyland. No, I've only been to with Disney me, World. Me twice. <laughs> and the Indiana Jones ride there is not a ride. It's it's like a show. Oh no! In Disneyland, it's like a ride, and it's my favorite ride. Yeah, you just have to go there early because it usually breaks. It, it usually does Probably, break down. But I mean, I've been to Disneyland a ton of times too. I know, but breaks. I talk about, whenever I talk about Indiana Jones, the first thing out of my mouth usually is, you have to go before, before afternoon because it breaks down. But anyway. I, I went to, uh, so there's a theme park in the UK called Lightwater Valley. And my friends took me there for my 19th birthday uh, as a surprise because I'd never really had much interaction with theme parks or rides. Never been to Alton Towers, for mm-hmm. example, which is the big one in the UK. And uh, there's the biggest... I think it's something like the longest wooden roller coaster in Europe or something. That broke and we watched it because it was people on the incline and that's where it broke and they had to get off and walk down oh. it. Oh, I've seen that happen before at Six yeah. Flags Magic Mountain. There's Goliath, which is like yeah. the biggest roller coaster and I've seen it just get stuck there so, for hours and you see people just walking down the, oh the steps no. next to them. So that one broke. There was this weird like mouse one where I think the, the cart looked like a mouse and it kind of just looked really innocuous, but it would swerve you around so violently. Like the, yeah, on yeah, a little yeah. track. Sorry. That broke. Have you seen the the meme? It's an old meme, but it's Mickey's dick smasher. And it's <laughs> 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 roller coaster. <laughs> 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 that's what mouse because it's a the, the draw it's like a really really crappy ms paint drawing of a mouse cart <laughs> what that's what i pictured never mind no it's just a nice wholesome mouse uh that broke just before we went on it and no kidding i watched a, the guy walk up to it and get a roll of duct tape and just like fix it up no and there's this other one which is this uh underground one with i think um dinosaurs and we were in the queue for that and people and that broke down and you are trapped essentially underground in the dark and that that broke down (laughs) as we were in the queue and we were just like okay we're going home now (laughs) (laughs) like well valley sucks luckily nothing broke down the only thing that wasn't available was one of my other favorite rides haunted mansion because it was being updated to nightmare before christmas Mm. well sorry we got to move on Uh, (laughs) we have spent like 40 minutes already just talking about Have we? Oh Maybe not God. that long. To more. <laughs> what have you been up to? What have you been playing? What have I been playing? So, um, played a bunch of Overwatch, played a bunch of Sekiro, Metal Gear 5, and uh, Bloodborne to keep me sane. But the main game that I've been kind of working on is Control, as we discussed earlier, and uh, dipping in and out of Fire Emblem as well. I've got um, Astral Chain lock and loaded really excited to play that but i've been playing a game called and this is gonna might get me in trouble i've play, been playing a mobile game a lot it's called traffics are you still on that yeah surprisingly <laughs> not like in fun. a bad way i do picross on my phone yeah so like I such a degree threes. <laughs> yeah no this i i've my mobile gaming consumption is the eternal search for something as satisfying as Peggle Classic or Do not Bejeweled invoke <laughs> Peggle Classic. You know how upset I am about Peggle Classic. For those who don't know, 
I'm going to use this as a platform to get Peggle. Go I'm going to be quiet because I support this. But so I just want to say everything's about to be said. I endorse. I paid for Peggle Classic, right? On the iPhone. On oh, an I, old I iPhone. Too. We all did. Because Peggle's one of the best games ever made. Especially one of the best. The port to mobile, perfection. They have not brought it up uh, in line with modern phones. I think it's like, what, 32? Basically, modern phones do not support the app version of Peggle. Peggle doesn't run on modern phones. I still have the icon on my phone, and I, every time I hit it to like re-download it, it says, "This app is not uh, is not um, supported supported by your phone. Please contact the app's developer to get it brought Pop into cap. the twenty first century." <laughs> Popcap, I know you just announced what another Plants vs Zombies. Fine, they're Cancel good it. games. <laughs> it's not a Peggle. It's not a Peggle. They've got Peggle Blast Blitz, whatever it's called. Peggle. Which is- it's not free to peggle, it's, okay? It's not good. It's like there's something it doesn't have the magic of it. It's, it's taken all the soul out. It's of got peggle. the modern trappings of of it, like where it gets unnecessarily hard and mm. grease. It's, it's basically been angry peggle bird bits. stuff. I don't um, know what they're called. So yeah, so <laughs> yeah. like um, sorry, that bits. was the peggle minute. Uh, so what is traffics? So traffics is a game. <laughs> <laughs> traffics is a game like. Uh, it's similar if people are familiar with Mini Metro, where Mini Metro is a oh, game where I you basically Mini Metro. yeah, you're like coordinating this kind of like underground system traffics is a game where you basically have a road or like and they become increasingly more elaborate and um all you do is tap on um traffic lights to let cars through or stop and all you're doing is managing the flow of traffic but you being very careful because you're like oh there's two cars coming up but there's a lorry that's going to intersect at the same time i need to stop this car from going through the traffic light so the lorry can pass and then the other two can go in, in the gap but then you can't just what makes it tricky is like um you also have to think about uh the kind of satisfaction driving satisfaction of the people who are driving because if you keep them at a traffic light for too long they get a bit upset and then that affects oh. your rating so you're basically just trying to get the flow of traffic moving as smoothly as possible and you the only way you kind of interact with it is by tapping um the traffic lights on and off um and it's really simple like you can double tap to be like oh i'm gonna let two cars through at the same time or you can be like one tap and when a car goes through as soon as it's gone through it will switch back to red so nothing can go through it's really like simple serene kind of that same kind of mini metro really like uh slick looking and um kind of like it's a good chill out game and then if you complete it um the the levels like it's done by locations that might be like london moscow rome or something like that and stuff like roundabouts and intersections once you've done that there's like an advanced level of each level which is um it's called chaos mode or something but what it does is it introduces police so obviously they they are just gonna the police (laughs) the police have got stuff to do they've got emergencies to take care of so they're just gonna barrel through so you basically have to factor in not slowing the police down and oh. giving them priority which is an interesting way of kind of like make keeping you on your toes yeah i think it's like maybe like five dollars or something like that but i really really like it and highly recommend it um that's the game i'm playing like on the go a lot did, um, it, did it come out this year i think it came out this year okay. yeah potential game that you everyone, yeah, i was gonna say note, everyone make a note year, it's like does anyone have any mobile game Pocket City. Yeah. Pocket City. Pocket City is amazing. This year there's been, for me, it's like Traffics and Teppin. Teppin's a surprisingly good uh, card game created by Capcom. 
Um, it's got like Street Fighter characters in there. It's got a bunch of their their like stable of characters in there, and it's got the most elaborate artwork I have seen. Like, if you're tired of seeing the same old versions of Ryu and Ken and Morrigan and stuff like that, download Teppen and play that game because they've got some nonsense character models in there that look <laughs> freaking awesome. But yeah, that's another mobile game I'm playing. But other than that, it's um, Control, a lot of Control. Um, I wish I'm hoping to finish either today or tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can throw myself into uh, Astral Chain and play Fire Emblem on the side. Sick. I'm going to keep mine quick. I've been playing Dragon Quest Eleven demo, <laughs> <laughs> which is the best demo ever because I think I'm like six hours into that game and it's still going. The demo what? is going. What? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, I'm six hours in. People were saying it could take you up to 10 hours to finish that demo. Which is perfect because I'm going to play that game at a very slow pace. So by the time I finish the demo, the game will be out and I can just transition right into the main oh, game. Oh, does the save carry over? Save carries over oh, too. Maybe I should do that then. That's so cool. if you're interested in playing Dragon Quest Eleven, download the demo for free. You'll get the first 10 hours. So if you don't like That's it, sweet. like, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I like there's all these points where I'm like, all right, the demo's got to end here. And then it keeps going. I'm like, did Square Enix just like forget to... <laughs> Turn, turn it on, off. Turn on the demo switch. Is this? Just oh, the didn't that happen with Yakuza Six? Yeah. Oh, that literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't uh, Octopath Traveler had a pretty meaty demo as well, didn't it? It did not. Yeah. I think three not, hours. Not quite as long. No, as this, this though. And but, it did trans. The save did transfer yeah. for that as well. That's cool. So that's pretty cool. But that's. I mean, other than Siege, which like Lucy's Overwatch, I play Siege all the time. I'm we had a great night of Siege the other night. I'm trying to get into Siege. Sorry to cut you up there, but like I'm trying to get into Siege. So please. play on PC with us. Yeah, you should play with us. It's so we we just goof off, really. I don't have and, PC. Oh yeah, I, I thought you're, you're, you're in the process of getting one. Then, you're right? getting one. I've got a work PC which I could technically play. I might just go. To you can't Ta- take it home every day. Yeah, I might just go to Tay and be like, "Give me a laptop, please." You should. Because every time I ask him, it's like he's like the merchant from Resident Evil, where he's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> opens his drawer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, got some nice things on capex, stranger. stranger. <laughs> uh, you you should play. We had a like a super fun time the other night. Um, Matt Paget, who works on commerce with us, play like he'll play like music through the uh, team <laughs> chat. Oh, amazing! And it's fun. It's better if you're like with one random person who also is subjected uh... to it. But I I started crying because he played a song called Halloween Farts Five. <laughs> and it's, you'll never guess what it is. It's, it's like ooh, and then there's like a fart noise. I can't do a fart noise in my mouth and. It's like ghost sounds and then a witch in the background and then like me laughing and then some fart sounds. <laughs> this reminds me of back in the day when you play, when we played Counter-Strike, there was a separate app called Half-Life Sound Selector where what you could do is you could put input specific short clips of WAV files which you could play through a microphone in Counter-Strike matches. So I loaded up yeah. this massive array of Zap Brannigan quotes. <laughs> I remember <laughs> like, you telling me this. Yeah. So I'd be like the last person standing and all you'd hear is like wave after wave of my own men. <laughs> and then like the other team can also hear it sometimes. So I'd just you'd be using like Kiff inform the men. I've made it with a woman. <laughs> I find the most erotic yeah. part of a woman is the boobies. What do I call it Kiff? <laughs> Sex, Lexia. As I'm like diffusing a bomb <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's the way to play that game in siege yeah, yeah. who wrote this <laughs> me inject nintendo directly into my veins it was me it was a big day uh, yeah the nintendo direct happened today this was a crazy direct this was 
E3. I think there were, yeah, there's more announcements in E3, I would say. Maybe not as big announcements as like Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, but there's Please, a lot. Overwatch on Switch. That's bigger than Breath <laughs> oh, yeah, of the Wild okay. 2. No. 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 Those banjo details, though, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I got so excited about that. Yeah, but we've got a list of some of the biggest announcements. This definitely isn't all of the announcements, no. uh, but why don't we start with Overwatch? Sick. Jesus, okay, on next, switch. Banjo out today. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, Banjo's already out. You can download Banjo. What are you doing? Download Banjo. Yeah, we're like itching to play him. I I got so excited. The, the this is Banjo detail. on Smash, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Yeah, you just keep shouting Banjo. Banjo. Like, <laughs> zero. Banjo. Banjo and Kazooie, the bear and bird pair, are in Banjo. They bring with them 10 songs with seven new arrangements by Grant Kirkhope, the original composer hey. of the Banjo soundtrack. And a new map in the form of Spiral Mountain. I'm so excited. Sorry, is this your like game announcement voice? <laughs> like, please welcome to the stage, Callie Plaguey. Yeah, you should voice the next Nintendo Direct. <laughs> it's Spiral Mountain. Sakurai, take it away. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was super impressed by the detail. Like, all of those moves he showed off are directly from the Banjo games. Like the the grenade egg is from Banjo Tooie. Um, the shooting kazoo, like using kazooie like a gun, is also from Tooie. Um, the sprint is the talon trot, which is how you get up inclines in the games. Um, just like there's so many details, and then I'm watching the Spiral Mountain, like they're showcasing the map, and I'm like, is that Tootie in the background? Yeah, his sister's name is Tootie. I don't know why. And uh, there's oh my god, I was just so excited. I love that game so much. I, I think we also need to talk about how weird that, that was, the fact that... was. That was fantastic. That was, I think, one of the best yeah. Nintendo things. They, like, I, I think they just leaned in <laughs> yeah. to to what happened last time when Sakurai was like, yeah, we don't have a budget this time, so <clears throat> this is the best you get. And they were like, just keep doing that this time. And he, he teaches us how, to, how he plays two controllers at once. And he's like, before I had them side by side, but I stopped doing that. And now I have them lined up and down. And that's the only way I can control both characters. And then he's like, he's like, and we added a new mode, but uh, my staff just told me that you should probably play with friends, not by yourself. <laughs> you can like hear the staff in the background, like They're laughing. They're like laughing. Yeah. And I'm like, why won't you let them play? Why are you playing two yeah. characters? And then like my, my favorite part is when they announced uh, that Sans from Undertale is going to be a Mii Fighter costume and bring with him a Megalovania remix, which I've been waiting for for so oh. long because the music in Undertale is fantastic. And Toby Fox contributed to the like he did the arrangement. But the, when Sakurai is like, oh, and Toby came to my house. And he was one of my more like powerful guests or something like that. But he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't say exactly what it was until I was like at Smash Bros. We had like oh, an even. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess so Toby Fox tweeted after saying like, oh, yeah, I didn't think he would mention the fact that I went to his house, but it was really cool. It was one of the best experiences of my life. I could only speak to him in the limited Japanese I know because I had no translator. <laughs> <laughs> so Toby Fox is in Sakurai's house being like, smash. Oh, Sudo. <laughs> uh, I like to imagine you just sat there going. <laughs> God, I long for the day where someone describes me as their most powerful guest. <laughs> I, I, I don't think those were the words, but it was like something a lot. It was like a very strange way to say one of your favorite guests. Yeah. Anyway, we were having a great time watching that. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they also announced Terry coming to Smash. 
Very excited. Who that? Yeah. Tamori, Terry, Terry Bogart. Take it away, of Fury fame. They, they used the envelope, which yeah. everyone like was speculating I, they would do. I really I like, like the uh, the the reveal for the SNK characters because every there's a lot of SNK characters that you could probably pick up. Joel, like Kyo, Terry, and we all thought about this in advance, and they do the thing where. The envelope invitation is going, but everyone's failing to grab it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. people were like, "No, no, please not him, please not him." Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> like at one point, because I wanted Geese to be in it. At one point, Geese like jumps out of a clock tower to try and grab it and misses and falls falls to his doom. <laughs> um, and then at some point, like eventually, of course, Terry picks it up and is a nice callback because he kind of picks it up in the same way that he does in CVS two, where kind of. Ken picks up the, uh, the his hat from the floor and throws it to him. It reminded me of that. Um, and yeah, Terry Bogard, I'm hoping that they treat him in the same way that they treated Ryu and Ken, in that his standard moveset is like the inputs are the same as they are in the fighting games. And when you do them using those, you get a more powerful version of the attacks. Um, he's very early in development from what it seemed like. Um, they showed off two moves, his like power wave and his... I think it was Burning Knuckle that they showed off. Like, very basic yeah. move stuff. But, um, yeah, glad he's there. Uh, cool character. I'm glad they're going so far out of their stable to get characters and, and make it interesting instead of just being like, here's another Nintendo character. He's more Fire Emblem. Although now, having played uh, Three Houses, I'm yeah. like, oh, one more. Although, oh, I, mean, I would they, take they already Fire said Emblem. they're having more characters. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. is and good I knew this segue, John Luke. Yeah. I, I knew this would happen because... I don't think I don't think Sakurai's ready to money, make a money, new money, game. Money, 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 money. No. Yeah. And and money. I feel like whenever the next Nintendo console <laughs> comes out, they're just gonna port Ultimate to that with yeah. all the characters and keep adding them, and then we'll have a huge roster at some point. It's it's such a, a stealth games as a service game. Like oh, no yeah. one no one thinks of Smash Brothers as games as a service, but it totally is. It'd be so so. I'm still hung up on the fact that. Sans is just a me fighter costume. I know, and not a full with the gaster blaster as a as a gun. But they put a lot of work into that costume, though. It doesn't look costume, like a me fighter costume. The costume no. looks excellent, and I'm glad there's a Megalovania remix. But I'm still, I'm like, you you could get Undyne or Papyrus. Mm. Or, uh, I want more. I also, want more. Uh, the listing for for Sans is up, and it's written in uh, first person by Sans. So it says, hey, uh, full stop. So if you want your me to look like Sans, aka me, from Undertale, all caps, uh, <laughs> this hair will let you do that. The outfit part is for me gunners only. So there's that. Honestly, seeing myself like this sends shivers down my spine. Hope you found that humorous wink. Bone ah, reference. <laughs> oh, and, <laughs> oh, and there's a special arrangement of the song Megalovania. If you don't like it, I've got a bone to pick with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> it sounds like you wrote this. It does sound like you yeah, wrote this. You know, maybe I did it's write also, it. <laughs> it. It's also like the most threatening version of Sans yeah. they could possibly have chosen. I don't want to spoil anything for Undertale for any of you, but it's like extremely like, creepy that they did it like this. I'm into it. Yeah. Tokyo Mirage <laughs> Sessions. F, F, oh. F sharp. I'm glad we're getting sharp all those. Sharp uh, F-E encore. 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 That's the Atlas and Fire Emblem crossover people have been waiting for I or a remaster of, I guess. That was the biggest cheer in our office, which says a lot about us as a, as <laughs> yeah. a team. Although Matt Espinelli's noise at Xenoblade, I wish. Yeah, that was pretty, that was that pretty was, intense. It wasn't as loud, but it was It was like powerful. he hurt his esophagus. Yeah. 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 And, and people already said what it was, too. Like... Alessandro was like, oh, it's 
it's Xenoblade Chronicles, and he like it was a delayed. Yeah, it was like, and then he was like, because <laughs> I had him writing a story, so I think it took like a second oh, for he it was to writing. penetrate oh, his, okay. his brain, and he went, "Oh wait, someone says Xenoblade Chronicles." I was looking at uh, someone tweeted like a screenshot comparison. They actually did a lot of yeah. work on that. That is yeah. like, not just a port. I, like, I really wonder if they changed the frequency of him Ryan saying it's Ryan time. I hope they didn't, and I hope they crank it up. <laughs> I'm also the other so, thing. The other thing that got like everyone in the office going was Deadly Premonition Two. Yeah, Kurt almost oh, died. Kurt yeah, looked like shaking. he was gonna. He yeah, he like was, he was about to cry. I he was, was really He worried. said that he was like yeah. almost crying. I'm really bummed I wasn't here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chastity was losing it too. Yeah, Chastity. And ben, ben. Yeah. Yeah, Ben. Um, I would have as well. I was very excited for the Doom 64 port because Doom that, 64 was one of the first games that I can remember playing. That's just really cool. Like yeah. that. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. Not often you see that or like an obscure port like that would. Yeah. They'd so bring it so back. What, what was the difference between the Doom 64 port versus the PC? I didn't play. Uh, it's a completely different game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, like different levels. I don't remember. I was extremely young and shouldn't have been playing Doom. I could, I could be wrong, but I want to say it's. The levels are almost entirely different. Maybe, maybe there's some. I think it was like remade, same. given the constraints of. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Doom Four. So it was like different, just because yeah. they yeah. had a lot of constraints. Like it they it had is its own, its own game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we already talked about Deadly Premonition Two mm -hmm. and One. One is out, and today. One is out today. Yeah, run, yeah. One's out today. Two is out in 2020. Today being Wednesday. Yes. So yeah. I guess yeah, it's been out for a couple of days. You know this. You know, know this. You know how the <laughs> passage of time works. They're probably skipping through this section anyway. Yeah. Uh, SNES games. SNES games on Switch. Another thing people have been asking yes. for for a while. Like, finally. So yeah. I missed this. Are they free if you have Nintendo online? Yes. Yeah, no yeah. no additional charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Finally. Get getting... my money's worth. Yeah. They're going to sell that. Uh... I'm getting Tam's money's worth because <laughs> I'm a member of his family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's like... yeah. My we were thinking about doing that at my house. It's well it. worth it because yeah. like, if you can find the family plan for cheap, and then, like, I bought it, and I was like, I'm just going to add as many people as I can to this to get my yes. money's worth out of it. And it is, like, perfect. Yeah, it it's so like good. Me and my girlfriend and my brother, and then I think we're paying, like, seven bucks a year each. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing. <laughs> wow. It's just, like, nothing. Yeah, yeah, so the first few games are out are Brawl Brothers. Or the, the important one, or the more notable ones are Breath of Fire, F-Zero, Kirby's Dream Course, Dreamland 3, Star Fox, Mario Kart, Mario World, Yoshi's Island. Puyo Puyo 2, uh, Pilot Wings, Super Goals and Ghosts, and Super Metroid, and A Link to the Past. Ninja Gaiden 1. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden 2. Ninja Gaiden 3. Christmas Day. Should we tell the listeners what that's from, just no. in case? <laughs> no, or no. Should we just keep <laughs> it no. and figure it out? <laughs> All right, we'll let them figure out. Uh, Sakurai also tells you to play Banjo on Xbox, despite them being competitors. <laughs> yeah, no, they're like, friends. They're friends. They're friends. They're friends. But he said they were competitors. Yeah, he, he did like, say it. He was like, even though they are our competitor, we think you should play Banjo on Xbox. Yes. A powerful friend. A power, <laughs> a powerful powerful guess. friend, Phil Spencer. I yeah. enjoy Banjo on Xbox, but they made it easier, and I'm sad. Which which Banjo Hardcore is game available over here? Yeah. Well, Banjo, Kazooie, and Tui, oh, and then I, we right. don't talk about Nuts and Bolts is fine, but uh, they made <laughs> Mike Mahardy so... talks about Nuts and Bolts. Ye yeah. <sighs> Mike Mahardy talks about a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah. Pax West. <laughs> Does Mike talk about Pax West? Uh, probably. Maybe not this year. Uh, John Luke, you and I went to Pax West. We so did. did Michael. So did Alessandro. We're gonna keep this short. But what are some standout games that you saw? Just to tell the audience what they might look forward to. Um. Oh God, it's like such a blur. 
We saw like so many different things. Um, I can start. I got two listed right here. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, go, you, Jake did his homework. I'm doing do it, it right now. I guarantee that you know what, those two games are definitely better than uh, Due Process, which is <laughs> like a five v five v five siege style game. The big difference is it has more of an emphasis on teamwork, which is interesting because Siege already has somewhat of a big emphasis on teamwork but this game allows you before you start around there's a map that shows up and you can draw on this map and everyone can see what you draw on this map and then when you load into the game you see all those markers represented in the world oh. so if someone's like all right i want you to breach this way they can draw an arrow from your spawn point all the way to the window or wall they want you to breach and then when you load into that game you can see exactly that path and they can be like right next on the ground be like all right when you get to here this is where i want you to hold as a sniper and you can all see that represented in the game, which is super cool. I don't That's... think it would work in Siege, but it is such a cool idea. That is such a cool idea. Can the can the other teams see what you've marked no, too? No, so, so, oh, so it's cool. only your team. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, the other interesting thing is that the maps are, there's three maps, but they are randomly generated to an extent. So like the power room, it will be in a different room. And you can like turn off the power and shut off all of the lights and attackers have night vision. Well, they have some night vision. They can lose it if they die. So they have night vision Ooh. so they can infiltrate the building while the defenders can't see anything. Uh, and then, oh yeah, all your equipment is shared over the course of the game. So when you load in, you're, there's like a wall of weapons and items and whatever, and you pick up whatever you want. But if you die, you will lose that. Mm -hmm. The defenders can pick that up and take that from you. Uh, so your supply is dwindling throughout the game which is kind of cool. So like, for example, uh, I took a clacker, which is like what you use to blow up, like detonate charges and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I died and lost that. And I'm like, well, we're out of clackers. So there's no more breaching charges for us. Oh, that's cool. That uh, sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's super neat. It's, it's kind of a lot like demoing that game is tough mm -hmm. uh, just because uh, you've got the develop here, like shouting all these orders. And it was made easier because we had that map. It was kind of a lot. I'm really excited for that to lead or to go into early access or whatever, and we can mm -hmm. actually get a chance to dig into that. But I think, I think that could be really cool if they pull it off. Yeah. When did you say mm -hmm. it was out? So I think it goes into early access in October, or maybe it's already in early access, but the beta starts in October. So basically, I think you can join the early access now, but they only have specific times where people play, gotcha. like testing periods where mm -hmm. people who have the codes can jump in and join the developers. Um, but I think they'll actually release it or have some sort of beta later this month or next month or mm -hmm. something like that. Could be wrong. Cool. What's the other game you said you had two? Journey to a Savage Planet. Oh, I'm excited for this one. Which I heard about this game and I was like, ah, I don't know about it. And I played it and it is it is really funny. It is like they, they announced co-op, which is like a co-op Metroid Prime. Uh, it, 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 I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than that I think it's very good and I think what I've played is very good and I think uh, it's definitely one to keep on your radar. Yeah, we interviewed um, Alex Hutchinson at E3 about it and he, the main thing that he was talking about is like humor in a game mm -hmm. is obviously very difficult, but the way- I did that with you. I was yeah, like- Yeah, it was I've, me and you. I've like, definitely done this. Who was it with? Yeah. But he was talking about, you know, how he worked on um, Far Cry 2, yeah. I think it was. Mm -hmm. and so he one was, of the Far Cry's. Yeah. yeah. And he was talking about how people would find humor in the game, not necessarily from this, uh, the jokes written into the game, but just from weird scenarios and situations and unplanned events, like chain reactions that you set off. And that's very much their- focus for Journey to a Savage Planet. So is. one thing that happened, I was playing with a developer yeah. and 
I, I, I kept kicking these little chicken aliens because I thought it was funny. And you'd kick them and they'd go <laughs> flying. And, and, I, and I went to an objective and I completed the objective. And I turned around and there was like four of those chicken enemies <laughs> just staring at me, ready to attack me. And the developer I was playing with was like, quick, throw bait. That'll distract him. I'm like, okay. So I panic and throw bait at his face and all the chickens <laughs> just charge him. And I was like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of stuff that I want. I... I I'm particularly like looking forward to just seeing random Twitch clips of that game yeah. of people yeah. just discovering just and the random hilarious stuff. That's what the developer do. was saying. He, he was like, it's not super systemic like yeah. Breath of the Wild or maybe Metal Gear Solid Five, but there are aspects of that game that they want. They want the player to play with like, you know, things that may not match immediately, but yeah. you, you can do if you think about it. Like logical ideas that most people would be like, eh, you can't do that because it's a video game, but they want to try to facilitate that kind of play. So, so I'm excited. I think it'll yeah. be a lot of fun. And I feel like, I, I don't know, it, it reminded me, like you have a you have a, a laser whip sort of thing that helps you get from Ooh. point A to point B, which reminds me a lot of, you know, the grappling, the grappling beam in Metroid mm-hmm. Prime. So yeah, I, I think that's definitely one to look out for. Hell yeah. Nice. Got anything, Jean-Luc? Uh, I briefly touch on, I played a little bit of a game called Nirvana, which the is- The band, the show. Uh, oh, there's, cool. yeah. there's a clue for that hunt. That uh, but it, it's, <laughs> spelt, that it's spelt uh, like N. Uh, don't, don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, Please don't. <laughs> it's, spelt, oh, it's spelled with like numbers. Yeah, it's spelled with numbers because it's a. It's the sequel to a game called Valhalla, which is it, called Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartending Action. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it's okay. A, it's a visual yeah. novel. That takes place in like a cyberpunk future where you are a bartender who makes drinks for people. Yeah, that's Valhalla. So what is Nirvana? It's the same thing. Oh, but it, oh, it's this direct sequel. It's a direct sequel. Well, it's a, not a direct sequel. It's different characters, but it is the same game, but like continued. So in the the first game, oh. uh, Valhalla was like kind of like you're in like the slum, so you're kind of interacting with sort of like hackers and and kind of like the not like the more low tier people in a cyberpunk world. In this one, it, you're dealing with like the very like bougie like corporate bigwigs, like those kinds of people. So, um, I don't really have much else to say about it because it was just like I played this scenario and had a conversation with a person, and mm-hmm. it was interesting. But it's like I really liked that first game. Uh, I thought it had like really good writing and interesting characters, and um, kind of its mix of like cyberpunk elements with very like weeby like waifu anime nonsense was like really fun combo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this is like continuing that, so I'm just very excited for it. Jake's excited for Weeby anime. Yeah, Jake, Jake loves it. Nah, he's looking. Yeah. He's looking nah. at the release date already. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and the other big one I played was uh, I very briefly touched on was Disintegration. Oh, uh, from uh, the creator of co-creator of Master of Chief. Master Chief. It's um, it's weird. So so the demo they showed was just multiplayer. Apparently that game does actually have like a proper single player mm-hmm. campaign, which I did not know at first. I thought it was just going to be a multiplayer game. And that makes me more interested in that it has like a single player to it. Yeah. Um, the multiplayer, eh, I'm kind of whatever about it so far. What did it remind you of? I don't know. So the whole thing is that you're piloting these... Uh, I forget what they call them. It's like the these uh, kind of like pod racing looking like ships that you're kind of like hovering around in. And then you have 
Now that's uh, pod racing. <laughs> I was, okay. As Lucy soon as I you made, said that, Tam just sort of leant back and then braced himself to say that. I breathed in and looked at Lucy and it was all the... Anyway, pods? Pods. So you're like controlling these kind of like hover pods and then you have uh, a couple units that you get to do basic controls with. So you uh, pick like a different groups. Like So it's like, oh, I want to pick this group that kind of mm-hmm. has like an 80s aesthetic or this group has like a clown ooh. vibe um oh no which, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was saying ooh with the 80s but yeah clowns can get and the then there's one that was like a samurai it was very all over the place oh. um they were they were saying that they were kind of it, it's more because it's just the that's specifically for the multiplayer right. they were more willing to be like ah you can just have kind of like weird wacky Maybe factions wacky. but like each class kind of like plays differently with different guns and then different little units that you can control and do different things and and you're kind of then working together with your team to uh it's like objective based where you're trying to capture this core and then like take it back and, and detonate it. Someone in the press room, I'm stealing this, someone in the press room okay. described it as brutal legend, kind of. Oh, I saw that on Twitter a few times. It's not as quite well. as yeah. RTS heavy as Brutal Legend was. Like it was more just like I hit the button and then I tell them to do the thing. Um and I, they they just granted it's only one time playing, but like my units just kept dying and I was like, mm-hmm. oh okay, I don't really know like how to properly like use these units to their advantage it's an interesting idea but at least like in granted i'm sure it's very early but like so far i i just thought like the map kind of looked a little dull and and um you know i was like yep i'm just shooting these guys and moving around this map and also like moving the the ship like felt very like because because it hovers so it it feels kind of imprecise and and floaty in a way that maybe like I'm personally not into like I want it to feel more precise mm-hmm. and so like I didn't it didn't like feel that great to control uh but uh, granted this is like incredibly early and, mm-hmm. I, and I think I'm personally more interested in the idea of like a single player game of like okay like mm-hmm. those mechanics in a single player game like what are you going to do with that like I think that's where my interest in that game lies mm-hmm. cool yeah. uh Let's move on to questions. We got a lot. Yeah, I've got to meet my mum at the Cheesecake Factory in 45 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was joking. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll try to get through them as quick as possible. I'll message her. Callie, do you want to read this first one? It's from Caleb from California. Sure. Hi, everyone. Loving the podcast already. Uh, it's, it's become something I look forward to on my Friday routine. Can't get enough. I've listened to each episode at least twice already. Wow. Damn. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to you, Caleb. Yeah. Last week, you guys mentioned all being big Last of Us fans. I'm a huge Naughty Dog uh, fan from Jack and Daxter being one of the first games I ever played and the Uncharted series being my favorite series of games all, of all time so far. I wanted to know, uh, with The Last of Us being such an open-ended and amazing game by itself, did you guys ever think it actually get a sequel? What are your thoughts on The Last of Us 2 so far? And are there any other standalone single games that you guys would want a sequel to? Also, side question, it's a dream of mine to do what you guys do someday. Any tips you could possibly have on getting into the industry, that would be super, super helpful. Thank you so much for your time. Caleb from Folsom, California. Caleb with a K, which I really like. So the, yeah. the last question you have, I think we had a couple people write in with that this yeah. week. So we'll we're going to save there. that for later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, did you ever think there'd be a Last of Us 2? Yes. No. I didn't. It's called The Last of Us. No, I mean, (laughs) uh, the cynical part of my brain after that game came out and it was such a critical and commercial success, I was like, 
That's getting a sequel. Money, money, yeah. money, money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I guess but, for me, when it ended, it felt like it ended on such a perfect it note. Did. And I was yeah. like, it done. Did. Ship it. I, like, don't need, I don't need another one. I didn't want a sequel. I When I finished that, uh, like you, Jean-Luc, I was just like, nope, this is all I need. This is perfect. I don't need another one. I'm not interested in another one. And then they announced two. And I was like... Well, you know, like but I, I want, I want that <laughs> other yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Play as Ellie. All right, I'm into this. Yeah. yeah. It's like as soon as they were like, "There's a second one. You're playing as Ellie." I was like, "I need it." Yeah. <laughs> if, if any, if you trust anyone, like I trust Naughty Dog enough to make a sequel, I think uh. they wouldn't. I think they've got carte blanche over there, and I think they wouldn't have made a sequel. I mean, Sony is probably pushing them for it, but I reckon they would have been like we can come up with a great idea to make this worthwhile. Especially uh, after Uncharted 4. Yeah. That's, I mm-hmm. felt the same way where I'm like, Uncharted 4, like, do you need to make another one? Mm-hmm. Like, 3 ended on such a... Where it tried to, like, wrap, feel, it, like, up, wrap yeah. it all up and then four played great, 4. And it's like, 4 is great. great. And, and that yeah. felt like the, like, no, that's the ending. So, yeah. after that, I was Lost like, Legacy, all right. Lost like Lucy said, was actually... Bang. I forgot about that one, but that's a straight up banger. I, I think yes, I prefer that to 4. The one thing I'm worried about The Last of Us 2 is if it tries to, like, be too positive or too, like, tied up with a bow neatly. Because I like mm. that The Last of Us was cynical mm-hmm. and, like, that the ending sticks with you because it's like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah. And I... Well, that's one. I mean, yeah, it is, like, from 2013, but it's still, if you haven't played it. Just skip forward a minute or two. But, yeah, like, you... you. Oh, wait, so spoilers, you're going to... I'm not going to say exa- exact spoilers, oh, okay, okay, but if you yeah. don't want any indication, just just skip a minute. Yeah. But yeah, like you you leave that game being like, wow, there's a lot to chew on. And I have faith that Naughty Dog won't do that. I just, that would be the one thing that would mm. really disappoint me is if I, the uh, Last of Us Part 2 is like too tidy or too neat. But I, yeah. I think so far what we've seen of Ellie is that she's really grown to be mm. uh, vicious and her, she's been shaped a lot by the world, so I don't think it'll be that way. No, that would I just think be it's the thing be that grim as yeah. hell. Yeah, I'm so but that ready would, for that. <laughs> I I want to be sad. I want it yeah. to make me upset. Yeah. I think it's uh, when you like step back and think about it. It's kind of a deserved sequel when you place it next to Left Behind. Um, there's almost an arc there that feels like it's slightly unfinished. Yeah, and they could they could do so. From the perspective of it being The Last of Us being a great game and and a self-contained game, you could probably say it doesn't need it. But when you put Left Behind next to it and like look at it, look at the arc, you're like maybe it does kind of mm-hmm. not need it, but it would be beneficial to the to the series and the arc to and, get mm-hmm. that sequel and to the character. Like I think yeah. Ellie deserves that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm just yeah. dying to see. Do what you guys think it'll it. come out next year? I hope so. I mean, yeah. I hope I have enough yeah. time to replay The Last of Us before I mean, it comes out. That's just what I... it's got to come out before the PS5, right? I imagine it'll I mean, be a launch title. It will be right? a cross generational. Uh, yeah. Do you think? think? Because there was that rumor that it's going to be February. <gasps> that's yeah. That's been that a couple rumor. times. Ooh, before uh, Cyberpunk, that would be nice. Ooh, yeah. Would prefer uh, before but Cyberpunk. but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I feel like Naughty Dog could probably do that. They're like, hey, it's coming out next month and everyone be like all right we're buying this <laughs> mm. yeah or it could be playstation launch <laughs> if the last of us part two came out next month i would actually die there's too much <laughs> too I, many I'm, games i mean like if i was in if i was captain sony i'd be like you make captain this for sony. yeah he's a, he's a captain <laughs> simon not, sony not, not a major yet 
Um, but I'd definitely be like, you're making this for the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Like, I reckon it'll be cross. That would be, yeah. Such, yeah. That'd be such a That's good a way to move seller. units. Yeah. yeah. That's I mean, buy that. the original came out the year the PlayStation 4 came out. Yeah. 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 Um, it came out in the summer as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. During E3, didn't it? Or like yeah. right before? I mean, Do you want to know my fun the, story about that? Yeah. Is that Troy Baker accidentally spoiled a plot point for me? <laughs> oh, no. How? <laughs> I met him and I was like, the same year as Bioshock Infinite, and I just started playing The Last of Us. It was the year of Troy. It was the year of Troy. Year of Troy. Yeah. And I <laughs> met him for the first time, and I was like, oh my god, you know, your book, like, yeah. And I was like, I'm playing The Last of Us, and it's great, I love it. And he went, oh, did you get to the bit where, oh no, he said something, he said, like, where are you in the game? And I said, oh, this bit. And then he went, mentions big plot character death here. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh, Yamato Troy. Yamato! <laughs> I was like, oh. I, wow but no i never held that against them i played it on ps3 and i made my brother ship our family ps3 to me and yes. so yeah. i could play it <laughs> i i bought a ps4 so i could replay it on playstation 4 that's when i bought my ps4 when they announced yeah. that it would be oh, coming really? to playstation 4 i got the uh, bundle because yeah. i got an xbox one at launch <laughs> all right oh. it was a mistake <laughs> you have an xbox one x now yeah, I'm just saying at launch, though. I got an uh, Xbox One oh, instead you, of PS4. Oh, you picked a side. Uh, I, I, no, yeah, I... See, I, I was in school, so I was like, I got to pick one or the other, and all my friends were like, yeah, Battlefield 5 on Xbox. Battlefield 5 didn't work, but I bought an Xbox and didn't play my Xbox <laughs> One because Battlefield 5 didn't work. It's rough, four? Buddy. Yeah. Four. Yeah, four. Four. Yeah, four. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, well, yeah. That's the one. Numbers. Anyway, Last of Us, great. Last of Us, great. Very excited uh, for part two. Yeah. Quickly, is there a game that you'd like a sequel to oh yeah Ooh. tomorrow why don't you kick it off since where you got is bloodborne that's what bloodborne i was gonna two. say i am um, i can feel it in my bones it exists somewhere <laughs> my my miyazaki senses are tingling i think it's gonna be a, PlayStation artwork on a wall 5 somewhere game. Yeah. i just you know when you just feel something to be true mm -hmm. i know bloodborne is out there uh, bloodborne 2 is out there we're just waiting for it playstation 5 oh, yeah. believe cali um, I don't. I mostly just wish for remasters. I want a Kotor remaster. Mm. I don't care about Mass oh. Effect. Yeah, Mass Effect oh, remaster. I want. Yeah. I want Bioware to remaster their goddamn games. I um, want EA to let Bioware remaster. I want. I want to remake at this point. It's been so long. Just remake it. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. kind of meant. Yeah, no, the same. Yeah, <laughs> like like a Mass Effect one. Like bring the modern oh. combat from like two yeah. and three oh, and the like one so that'd be cause, yeah leave yeah. the mako in there i like the mako. oh no no Mako's i agree great. leave or, the mako yeah, yeah, yeah just make mass effect and it is a game that's just one through three all in the same Ooh. engine all yeah. like you can play through one all the way to three without oh. changing discs oh my god beautiful oh my god yes I, yes. yeah but I, I can't really think of i guess i would want Great i impact. want like a uh the let's go pikachu and eevee treatment but for generation two. Oh mm. yes yeah. that'd be great that'd be good so i had two that i'd always go to whenever i People ask me this question, which believe me, it was all the time. Uh, <laughs> Psychonauts 2, which is happening. You're getting, yeah. And Beyond Good and Evil 2 were the big two that <laughs> I kind of yeah, Be careful what say, you wish for. Before, yeah, well, before Beyond Good and Evil 2 got announced, I would have said Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah, exactly. And Beyond Good and Evil 2, I'm like, oh, but Psychonauts 2, I'm, I'm so excited for that. Glad to hear it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, it. We, got, we got Red Dead 2, so that's mine. Mm. Okay. So Can I get good? a threequel? I want Dishonor. Dishonored 3. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm so proud of us for not saying Half-Life 3. Really proud well, of us. Oh, I would have said that years ago, but I've... Yeah. yeah we've all, we've all grown up. Yeah. Yeah. What about Overwatch 2? Would you want an Overwatch 2? That's too? probably coming. Yeah, that's it? happening. Mm. I'm sure that will. 
Yeah. Thank you, Caleb. We'll get to the last question that you have a little bit later. Actually, is this the one? This, this is, is the, this is the question. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of answering it here. Uh, Lucy, do you want to read this one? Because yes. this is a, this is from a the UK. For you and more. Hey, I've loved every podcast so far. I really appreciate you guys putting the time in to make it. I'm looking forward to many more. So are we. Thank you for those kind words. Uh, my question is about working in your end of the games industry. I've been interested in writing about games for a while now. As a uni student, it's still early days for me. But so far, I've written a handful of reviews to try and develop my style. Is there anything else you could think of that might benefit an aspiring games writer or journalist or critic or whatever it's supposed to be called like me? I don't know much about what the scene is like in the UK, where I'm from, when it comes to games writing slash journalism. But any pointers coming from the experiences you guys have had would be great. Cheers from Myron from East Midlands, UK. So the next question we have uh, is similar um, to more. Do you have it open? Do you want to mm-hmm. read this next one? We're just going to get them both out because they kind of tie into each other. Cool. Hi, everyone. I've been looking for a gaming podcast that isn't three hours long. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this might be the one. <laughs> and when I heard Callie talk about Fire Emblem, a game I love, and Ooblet, a game I can't wait for on Giant Bomb, I and then heard you were starting up after dark, it was serendipitous that I subscribed. I've been, I've really been enjoying it so far. So thanks. In another, woo. Li- in, <laughs> woo. in another life, I ran a Nintendo fan website, Nintendo Orcs, great name. Um, that was all in as a legitimate video game press website. Press at E3, IGN affiliate. Shout out to Matt. Casamassina. Casamassina. My eyes aren't good enough to see that many S's. There's <laughs> uh, a lot of S's. Interviews, features, etc. I still run it, but it's always been a hobby. And now is basically a front for a small messaging board of old school visitors who are basically friends and family now. But back in the heyday, several staff members went on to professionally write for other gaming sites or use their experience to get into the games industry. And it's always fun to take a trip down memory lane with them when, it seems, they, they were there were more... To win. There yeah, were way more gaming news websites than there are now. I guess my question is, I heard you all say that who you are and what kind of games you like, but how did you get into what you're professionally doing today? I'm not looking for advice, just curious how you got to where you are today. What was the first E3 you attended? Mine was Atlanta 98 and it blew my freaking mind. Ooh. Thanks again, Brandon. So I figure we'll structure this. We'll talk about, you can talk about how you got in briefly and then you can offer advice if you have any. Do you want yeah, to start, Lucy? I like that idea. Yeah. So I uh, did a degree that I hated at university and I kind of fell into games as a kind of way to be, to write about something that wasn't psychology, I guess. Um, so I started writing for a couple of blogs, like 7-Bit Arcade and Robot Geek, neither of which is still around, um, which is very sad. And, like I have a ton of stuff on there that I've lost. And then I started writing for the university paper. And then from there... Um, the really weird thing is that there was a blooper reel from Game On, which ITN used to make. So that was Johnny Chiodini and Nathaniel Lippiot. And Johnny Chiodini ended up going to Eurogamer. Well, he was a GameSpot and then he went to Eurogamer, if you uh, know who Johnny is. And I DM'd him and I was like, hey, this is really weird, but a blooper reel from Game On was just used in a lecture. And then we started talking and I was like, can I be an intern at Game On? And he said, I'm actually leaving but the place that I'm going to does internships and that place was GameSpot and I was an intern there. And then from there I built like a network of contacts and worked at a TV company called Jinx. And then uh, I was offered a job here. So that's my mm-hmm. roundabout route. 
What was your first E3? My first E3 was 2012 that I self-financed. I did some freelance for GameSpot while I was there, um, but I basically paid to go. And luckily I was talking to Guy Cocker, who is EIC, at least in the UK at the time of GameSpot. And he got me a badge and he helped me book appointments and I did some freelance from there. So I've done every E3 since then, eight in total. Wow. John Luke? Um, so I, me and my friends in college all started a, a public broadcast TV show um, mm. where we just, we were like all, we all just like would love talking about games all the time and um, had a major in like video production. Um, and we were just like, hey, like the public broadcast station nearby, uh, just like you can go sign up and you can just they're like, yeah, you can basically do whatever you want as long as, you know, you're let it air for us um, on TV. So then we're like, all right, cool. Let's just make a thing where we just like play games and talk about them. And it was great because it was just like a, a good way for me to learn how to uh, use a TriCaster, mm -hmm. which is a uh, broad important detail, right? Yes, yeah, very <laughs> important detail because that's it's a piece of software that lets you like live switch um, for like broadcast. Live editing, basically. Yeah, live editing. And uh, then when I applied for the job, I was just applying for a bunch of jobs, and I just, you know, applied. I saw a job for GameSpot on Twitter and applied for it. And apparently one of the big reasons I got the job is because our previous uh, person who ran the TriCaster had uh, quit a couple months ago. So they were like, "We, it's almost E3. We desperately need someone <laughs> who knows how to use a TriCaster. This guy knows how to use TriCaster. He likes video games. Bring him in. So uh, my advice is learn how to use a TriCaster. <laughs> learn how to use a very obscure piece of software that uh, is very important because uh, it makes you very valuable. <laughs> and uh, my first E3 was 2016, which was, I think, when they announced Death Stranding. So mm -hmm. uh, I have experienced Death Stranding my entire career yeah. so far. So it'll be weird when it finally comes out. Yeah. I, I still do notes in my head like, oh, what's an example? Like... Like there's certain games like wow I've been at Gamespot five years but I have not covered a game from this developer I have not covered a game from this mm -hmm. person because mm -hmm. none has come out like mm -hmm. I I started right before The Witcher three came out so I didn't oh. really cover The Witcher three I made some Witcher three videos but it was like at the tail end of that uh, so I'm like excited for Cyberpunk because I'm like this will be the first CD Projekt Red game I'll cover which actually isn't true now that I think about it because I covered Thronebreaker and Gwent but you know. Big, yeah, like yeah. non-card games. That's yeah, I, I still kind of think of it in that way. Yeah. So you're talking about like yeah. you've seen Death Stranding from when it got announced to when it releases, and that, that's also how I felt about Sekiro because uh, I think Dark Souls Three just came out like a month before I started. Mm, right. So yeah. like Sekiro is the first like from software game I've like covered officially. Yeah, that's a good Jake. You should go ahead. Uh, sure. Um, so I so I started a website uh, with some friends. I actually met. People through the IGN, was it IGN blogs? Yeah, the IGN blogs. Rip. IGN blogs. I met some people and they were like, hey, we're looking for writers for a website. So I started writing for a couple websites and then I got some other friends together and we're like, we can do this better. So we started our own website and we did that for about a year or so. And I saw an internship at GameSpot um, and I was like, yeah, might as well apply. Didn't think anything of it. And months later, <laughs> I heard back and they were like, hey, you still interested? And I was like, sure. And uh, they were like, all right, well, we're going to do a video call. And I was like, oh, I can drive. And they're like, you're from Southern California. That's like six hours away. And I was like, no, no, no I can drive. I'll do this interview in person. And uh, I drove in, did the interview, and yeah. got the job. 
apparently I found out too that Matt Paget also applied for that internship. Oh, that year? <gasps> yeah, so we... I, th uh, I think Matt told me he applied for the job I also applied for. Matt's applying for all wow. the jobs. Yeah. That's, so he, yeah, so that's just how it be yeah. <laughs> in this industry. But it worked especially. out. He made it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I think my first D3 was 2015 as well. Or I guess yours was 2016. Mine was 2015. Uh, so this will be... I've done five now. Yeah, mm. that sounds about right. Mm. And my advice would be... Oh, I had good advice, but I forgot what it was. Oh, I know. Don't don't just try to be a writer. Uh, yeah, because a lot important. of people want to write for games, write about games. That's what everyone wants to do. I think the reason I was able to get in this industry is because I spun it more to video. Mm. Uh, I was in school for video production. Yeah. Pivoted. pivoted. Uh, I was in school for video production. I was like, maybe I could combine those two. And maybe not in all cases, but I find that video teams are typically bigger because mm -hmm. there's usually more moving parts than just writing and they are they're more specific skills that you need not i mean mm -hmm. i think writing is far harder harder than anything i do on video but uh it, it you know there are just so many people applying to be writers and not a lot of people mm -hmm. thinking like oh i actually want to edit and shoot videos mm -hmm. i forgot to give advice but to piggyback off your point uh, especially because I went through the hiring process earlier this year I was hiring for a writer and a presenter and we ended up with Kurt Indivina uh, who will be well his first show is going to be going live on GameSpot Universe in a couple of weeks mm. little promo little, in there yeah. for watch out for True Fiction pre-promo pre-promo um, but I was astounded by the amount of resumes that people would send me of yeah I've got video experience but would give me no evidence of this one yeah, guy was always like, send a reel. Yeah, yeah. Have, and have a reel. Like, make a YouTube channel, make a Twitch account, and actually start. Get a Squarespace account. Get a Squarespace. There are so many podcasts <laughs> that give you Squarespace, like, <laughs> discounts. And it's really difficult. You can't, like, an employer cannot take you at your word when you just say, yeah, I can do video. Yeah, even if even if there's not a box that says, put your reel, put it in your resume, put your put reel. Put it in. Like, 100% always have your reel. Mm -hmm. Fit it in somehow. If they don't ask for one, still be like, oh, here's my reel, by the way. Yeah. And actually have writing examples and actually have. Yep. Mm -hmm. Also, be very wary of your social media presence because we look at that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if your whole thing is just ragging on people and tweeting at developers about how terrible they are, you're probably not going to get a job in the games industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doesn't quite work like that. Uh, Callie. All right. Um, start with how I got in I guess uh I was in college for I was studying chemistry I wanted to be a chemical engineer <laughs> um it's different it was pretty different um and I was severely depressed I've talked about this before publicly just severely depressed um and didn't want to do anything my boyfriend at the time was a really big IGN fan um and was like oh IGN has blogs and you like writing why don't you try writing on the blogs about video games um and I had I had lapsed from playing video games partially because I was really depressed partially because I was trying to get into colleges um so I was like playing more games like finally got a 3ds um like I remember I think the first time I met him is because I had my door open and I was playing Portal 2 in my dorm room <laughs> and my TV was like super high up because that was the only sh like space for it and I was like craning my neck trying to like figure out what I was supposed to do anyway um so I started writing on the IGN blogs I wrote a lot about I mean it was the this was the this was 2011 
And I probably started writing on the blogs like late 2011 or early 2012. Uh, Anita Sarkeesian's Tropes versus Women came out. Um, I started writing about, you know, like I wrote not like counterpoints, but I wrote like my take on certain things. I met people in the community. And then um, I don't remember the exact like what order this happened in, but I I like toured the IGN office because IGN, I think they still do it. They have like oh, first Friday, first Friday mm-hmm. monthly tours. And I ended up when I worked there, I ended up giving the tours, which was pretty wild. I'm well, getting you, ahead. Of, you toured Nick Margarita. You I did. Around too. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah, so I went on a tour and then um, I met the community team because the community team managed the blogs and they had seen my blogs. And I ended up applying for an editor job that happened that opened up. And they were all like, they they interviewed me. And I'm not really sure why they chose to interview me because I wasn't done with school and I like hadn't worked anywhere else. So I'm still confused about why they picked my resume up. And I think it had to do with the fact that I've been blogging and was involved in the community. Uh, they were like, you're not done with school. What if you were a freelancer for us? And so Dan Stapleton reached out to me and had me do uh, freelance reviews. And that's how I started working with IGN. Um, and I got hired actually on the social team. So I did social there. And that's how I ended up giving the tours that I had once gone on. Um, and now I work here. And I, I've written a lot of reviews um, in my in my time, many infamous reviews. My advice would be... You've written the reviews for infamous? The infamous, <laughs> infamous like many that. infamous reviews. <laughs> um, oh, my first E3 was in 2013. And like Lucy, I paid my way. Well, my, my ex-boyfriend paid my way. Um, and I did some work for the UC Berkeley student paper. Mm. And that was my justification. Um, so I like got in that was the year that the xbox one and the ps4 were announced and there was like the big like xbox versus playstation there was like, that wall. oh that corridor yeah, the that, corridor yeah. that was on every thumbnail for yeah. a long time yeah so that was 2013 i didn't go in 2014 um because that was a really bad year in my life and then finally i uh when i got hired i got hired at ign in 2015 um and i've gone to everyone since so I don't, uh, this is, that was my sixth or seventh E3 we just did. Um, and yeah, and my advice would be, uh, I know Tamor earlier introed himself by saying he played everything, but when I'm looking at someone who's, who's like asking about review work, I need to know exactly what you like to play mm. and what you don't like to play because I need the exact right person for the job. Um, reviews are a very tricky business. I've been on the the bad end of of review things gone awry and so to protect us and to protect the writer especially um like you like i gotta make sure that stuff is buttoned up so i'd rather hear you say i'm a huge rpg fan i play every rpg that rather than like oh i play a little bit of everything because that tells me i'm a huge sports fan i love sports games sports rts games (laughs) Yeah. Oh, if you're a 4X fan, I have work for you. No. Uh, yeah. Like I'd rather hear like, oh, I love this genre. I'm super passionate about it. Or I love this franchise um, rather than I get a lot of people saying I like story games. And I'm like, we all like story yeah. games. I, it's an admirable thing to support the like small indie games that are story heavy. But I really need to hear like, what's a genre you know everything about? And on top of that, I need I need writing to be really clean. So yeah, I think video skills are really important, but also like if you're aiming to write, if you really like have your heart set on writing, 
make sure that you're keeping your writing skills sharp and don't just write about video games. Uh, read a lot. Don't just read about video games. Do read video game criticism and, and read good video game writing, but read other things. Keep your, your skills sharp because um, that'll keep getting you more work. Mm. Yeah. Some more. I think that leaves you. Uh, yeah, some overlaps with what Callie's experience was. So I started writing about games when I was in secondary school. That's when I was kind of doing it. I had a, a rough home life where... What's secondary school? That's high school for us? Uh, high mm -hmm. school, yes. Yeah, okay. so it would be a high school. So uh, there were things... Well, I was picturing right. a 10-year-old. I, I, <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, I was thinking like second grade. Yeah. I mean, like I was, I was when it, like second grade time, I was reading. So there were loads of gaming magazines around back then. So I was reading a lot of it. So mm -hmm. I was building the experience to write around then, which is, goes back to what Kelly says, like read loads. Um, so I actually started writing about games in secondary school where, you know, I needed something to a form of escapism to channel myself into. And that's when I played the most. And that's when I also started writing the most. Um, and then I carried on doing that into through college where my college life wasn't great. Um, and then university where I was by that point, I I was on a degree for studying law, which I eventually get in, uh, got. Um, but I hated the entire time. Um, and during that time, I was writing the entire uh, the whole the whole time. So I had my own blog, um, and I was in the GameSpot. I joined GameSpot when I got the internet in my house. The first place I went to was GameSpot. Um, so I, like I hung out in the community section there, and I met loads of friends that I still have today. Like Daniel Dwyer is one of the first people I spoke to on the internet um, through GameSpot. Um, yeah, and so by the time I was done with university i my university was weird because um i got accused of cheating in my university degree exams so they withheld my degree from me even though i didn't cheat um which meant i was stuck in retail working at a game store which is basically the equivalent of gamestop mm. here i guess um mm. for about two years when i was trying to dispute the fact that i I cheated on my exam. It was fairly obvious I hadn't cheated because there were two papers with my name on them and one of them was spelt correctly and one of them wasn't. So it's like, grow up, you university people. Um, <laughs> but at that point, I was like severely depressed and I was like, I'm just going to lean into writing about video games as a way to kind of try and climb my way out of the spiral and inadvertently had over the course of the years put together almost a portfolio of sorts. Um, I'd written user reviews and sent them into Games Master and written for a, a magazine called CVG back in the day, which British people would know. Rest in peace, CVG. Um, and during like my time at retail, I actually got a job at CVG um, and went there and, and worked on the website there for a really long time. Did news mostly, but then moved into being the features editor there um, and uh, before that, I set up a website. Well, Danny set the website up. I just kind of came on to help out, and we had a we had a podcast and a video series, and a lot of the stuff that kind of we do now separately was stuff that we kind of started figuring out back then. Um, uh, and uh, we were one of the first people ever to interview Hello Games. Like, if you go back oh. and chat to Sean Murray, like there's. There's videos of us talking. We were we saw the prototype version of Joe Danger before anyone else had seen it and did a video about it. Um, and obviously, they would go on to make massive games and be an amazing studio. But yeah. Um, and then I, while I was at working at a game, I did an internship 
for GameSpot um, in the UK. Uh, we figured this out, didn't we? So there was Sam Long who used to be in the UK office too, and it was you did your internship mm-hmm. for a month, and then Sam did hers, and then I was the month after. Yeah, so, so there was we three were... people consecutively. Oh no way! I didn't yeah. know Sam had interned mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so, but did you guys? Your guys' path didn't cross. We never. Them. No, it was like the, oh, okay. the week after. You know. Yeah, so we never met, um, and then went back to retail, and then got hired at CVG. Worked at CVG for about three, four years. Um, got made redundant there left the industry um, and worked for the underground and then on the day that I had had enough of being abused by Londoners <laughs> in the underground I got a call from um, GameSpot to be like hey we'd like you to work for us um, which is like I it was basically a job offer in a call yeah. um, which was surprising and then they were like we want you to meet with Justin and Randy and like I I I remember doing that interview I was working shifts um so I actually did the interview in an underground station where there's almost no reception so I was standing on the very edge of the underground it was very late it was very cold um and so like I'm wrapped up and I've got these uh, Apple headphones in I'm standing on like the threshold where I can get um reception but also see the incredibly security conscious the kind of uh, areas of the underground where i needed to look after and i did my interview there um and then i got hired there and then been here since that was, that was my career but I, in the mean like in the i also wrote for like destructoids in the community blogs which is where i like along the way like got promoted to the front page by people like nick chester who works mm. at uh, mm. epic games now and hamza who works uh where is hamza now I Hamza actually, Aziz, I'm not sure I, where he oh is. Oh my God, I'm sorry, Hamza. I think he's at Vox, is it? Maybe one of those places? I should know this because There's Hamza so is also somebody who watches Peppers. Like, <laughs> So like people like him and uh, that was like cross path, paths with Max Scoville who was doing video stuff at that time. The and, owner of said dog Peppers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, like, that was you know way way back in the day so i like built up experience doing that and then that eventually got me to where i where i am now um my advice specifically like for i mean there's been a lot of good advice so far but for myron who's specifically talking about the uk industry there is a scene um it seems like you're doing what you should be doing which is taking the initiative and importantly being realistic about it. There's a lot of people that want to do what you want to do as well. Um, throwing yourself into it sounds like a good idea. It's something that people might give you the advice of doing, like just go all in. But I always recommend not doing that. You need to, for for as long as, for, for until you make it, this needs to be your thing on the side. Um, be realistic. You can't immediately live life on a game journalist salary especially when you're on the way up and Mm. you won't make it overnight you won't make it it might be that you won't make it in six months so it seems like you're doing the right thing where you have it be the secondary thing um but it's something that you will have to put your passion and energy and time into until you can develop the reputation and then become you know uh, hireable to a bigger outlet um these days, it's like the, the UK industry does exist. You can go on Twitter and search for UK writers and start conversing with them. And Places like Loading Bar. Loading Bar exists like where that. you can talk. And like you can reach out to... Uh, this. These days, now more than ever, you're empowered to take matters into your own hands. Start a YouTube 
you know, channel. Um, and that might be writing scripts instead of like writing can be turned into so many things. Like you, you may feel yourself as a writer, but it, transitioning into writing scripts is not as hard as you might think. It takes mm. to require, it requires you to, you know, um, read and watch videos and watch the video essays, watch Mark Brown, watch various other video essays talking about mm. game design and that kind of stuff. H-Bomber guy. H-Bomber guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, like there's so many people. Like Girlfriend Reviews is the one that I currently love. Like it looks like a comedy show, but it's written, it's scripted, and it's very, very, very good. It's very strong. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the good thing about learning how to write scripts is that you learn to write clearly and it, like you want to write in a way that's easy mm. for the audience mm. to understand. You don't want to simplify it. You don't want to like yeah. treat your audience like they're dumb, yeah. but you want to be able to get your point across as easily and as simply as possible. Yeah, you yeah. got to be clear and concise. Which and I and think you can helps. think more visually. You can yeah. you can say a point and back it up with B-roll. You don't have to explicitly yeah. spell out everything. And, and when you write a review script, you're also writing a review. Like mm. someone who's capable of writing a review script, like someone, like if Kelly was presented with someone who was like, hey, I want to review a game for you. I've only done review scripts. Like you wouldn't. I would watch the videos. You, you watch the videos and then, you can you can you know figure it out and know that oh this person can write reviews so yeah. there's ways to do it take it upon yourself start a blog start writing for yourself hone your skills and mm. um, reach out to people put it out there don't cold call people don't spam people being like hey please here's don't a review. spam us yeah but like if it's good work people will take notice yeah and, like, really quickly I know like Lucy you have to get going but uh, the other thing I would say that I forgot to mention is like adapt. Mm. You have to know where your blind spots are. Like uh, one thing I totally just left out of my story is that I was terrible on camera. I had severe social anxiety and I took an improv class Ooh. so I could do VO and mm. camera work because that was a big thing in the feedback I got when my when I first applied to IGN I was like, well, you've written stuff, but like your camera. Nah. And I was like, OK, I'm going to take it. I took a theater course for mm. I did theater for months and I did improv. My VO was so bad that. Lucy had to take me into a room and coach me through yeah. it. It was the Pokemon so, script, remember? Oh, the history yeah. of Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so, like, that was like a jumping off point from what uh, Tam was saying. Like, hone your skills, but also, like, you, you do have to be well rounded because I think in this industry we wear a lot of hats and it can be good to be introspective and really see where am I falling short? What can I do to fill that gap? Yeah, be creative. You can find like just because in your you're in the UK doesn't mean that you're completely isolated. It can feel that way. Um, I've been there before where it's like I don't feel like anything exists outside of the US. Like what is the gaming industry? But it's definitely there. It's strong. Mm. You can find your way into it. Like be creative in the types of things you cover and how you cover it. Find an interesting angle. Make it fun. Like everyone's trying to do the navel gazing writing stuff. Everyone's out there trying to be profound. Maybe it's smarter to come at it from a goofy angle and be like a little more personable. Like mm -hmm. find the thing that sets mm -hmm. you apart. And like I said, the most important thing, don't think it's going to happen overnight. Don't make it your main thing. Have a nine to five if you need it. Study on the side or whatever it may be. And then use this as your secondary thing until you break in. Then you can make the switch. Yeah, yeah. We're, I think we got to wrap this up. But uh, just to jump off quickly, one thing I tell people too is not to burn themselves out, which is like what yes. you're saying. Because uh, I, when I decided I want to get in this industry for about two years straight, I made it my full time job, even though I was getting no money. And while I was able, while I was able to continue like that, I think like a, a lot of times you got to be in it for the long game, right? Like you want to keep going consistently, not necessarily force yourself 
into this with everything you've got. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. Mm. Uh, but we still have quite a few questions left, but we're out of time. So we're going to come back to these next week. Uh, there are some good questions. If you didn't hear yours, don't worry about it. We'll get to it next week. There is one thing I do want to read that was sent in. Uh, oh, sorry, I forgot to put your name on here. Uh, but it says, hey, guys, this is my first time sending an email to the podcast I listen to. There's something about Astral Chain that I haven't seen many people talking about and it, that it's basically a spiritual successor to the PS2, the PS2's Chaos Legion. Has anyone played that? Yep. It's got a similar it's got similar gameplay, but the most glaring similarity is the ability to equip demonic minions or legions with different abilities that you can train. Just wanted to mention that because I haven't seen anyone talk about that. I thought that was interesting. So I wanted to bring that into it. Um, but anyway, that was episode five of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Jean-Luc. Thank you, mm -hmm. Callie. Thank you, Tamor. Uh, where can we find you guys on Twitter? At Lucy James Games. At John Luke Seipke. Go ahead, Tamor. At Tamor H. Do the song. Uh, she has the she has the routine. at Inky Dojiko I N K Y D O J I K K O, and I'm at Jacob Deck. And make sure to stay tuned to Gamespot. There's a lot of games out this week. That means a lot of reviews, a lot of content, a lot of features, a lot of gameplay. You're not going to want to miss any of it. And if you have any questions, email them to AfterDarkPodcast at Gamespot.com. However, there's no guarantee that we'll get to them because, like I said, we have a lot to get through. It would help if people. As much as I love it when people write like really long things, keep, try and remember shorter, yeah. that we have to read them out and we don't have that much time. And, and so... we're all so bad at reading. <laughs> it's so hard. But uh, <laughs> those who have sent them in up to this point, we will make sure to get to these. Mm -hmm. And then I think from here on out, we might have to start picking and choosing just because we are getting quite a few. But the ones we have. Because we're so popular. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's actually really nice. And we do. We have a Slack channel for the podcast, and every time we get an email, we all kind of go, oh my god, we're yes, like, but, did you guys see that email? It was so sweet. Yeah. But we're going to try to get through as many as we can, uh, so don't fret. See y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Watch anime. <laughs> <laughs>